0: episode 23 of Rant and Rave Wrestling. Today we will discuss the signing of Patriots former tight end Rob Gronkowski, the coronavirus, and the current state of the show of all shows. Before we get down to the nitty gritty, the moment everyone tunes in for, Rant and Rave, where we discuss Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW, and decide which show was better this week. I am joined by the goddamn greatest, the double R superstar, Roy Rowe. Tie down your mother, here comes Triple H. And bitch ass Blake Short.
1: I'm married, baby.
0: I am your, her- your host, without the most, Greg Ovison. Always without the most. Oh, I am without the most, as you can tell, as I stuttered through something I even wrote down. Anyway, so, before we get into everything, start with our weeks, guys. Blake?
2: I always forget this part. What did really? I, all week? I look forward to this part,
1: but we went to roll Monday. I did, I, just, I did that. I was part of that. Yeah, Roy was part of that. Roy Make and that I went to Raw. Too. We did not go to Chamber like we discussed. We we thought about it. Tickets were a little insane, and they never really dropped down to the price point that we wanted. So we went to Raw. We got sweet tickets. And I have to say, ever since we did the sweet tickets for Rumble, I feel like I have to have sweet tickets if they're available. The level of comfort... I'm happy you feel that way. Involved, I, feel I know. Roy way. loves them. The level of comfort involved in sweet tickets, man, it's just... It's crazy in comparison to just sitting in the regular seats and being able to go to a bathroom that's right there, right behind you, and you're not waiting in lines or anything like that. Even though had, I'm
2: pretty sure somebody was filming the bathroom.
1: Yeah, I guess I'll let you talk about that. Okay, but so how was it? There was a week? conspiracy, but <laughs> but that's really all I had. I had a great time, and I'm looking forward to doing it again, although we were supposed to go to AEW for Blood and Guts in a couple of weeks, and that is not looking good now because of what's going on, so that's unfortunate
2: so at the suite there's like there was like a little ottoman in the bathroom and it was in the corner and then directly above the ottoman the ceiling tile was lifted up okay so something weird was happening with the ceiling tile um as far as how the rest of my week went i work at a retail store slash pharmacy in the middle of the coronavirus outbreak so you can pretty much imagine what my week has been like
0: understood i uh I went back to work this week to the office itself, only to be told to start working from home again until further notice. Which I'm I'm grateful that they're taking those steps uh, to limit the amount of people in the office, and if you're able to work from home, to, to do so. Um, other than that, I mean, my my week has been kind of bland with everything going on. Um, I already stay home a lot as it is, so. It's kind of weird. Like, now that I'm being told to kind of stay home, I don't want to. It's kind of weird. But, uh, so let's get into it. Let's get into some news this week. Uh, first up on the news, uh, we got, at first, what seemed to be a rumor, but now seems to be confirmed as of last night on SmackDown, the signing of Rob Gronkowski.
2: Well, nothing's confirmed, because last night, okay. they <laughs> said, last night they were going to address the rumors, and they did. By letting us know that next week they'll address the rumors. (laughs) WWE did logic, you know.
0: Uh, How do you you feel about it? I mean, I know it's something that we all pretty much saw coming once he retired. Um, From what I'm understanding, it's more of a program to be worked at SummerSlam, which is being held in Boston. But there is also rumor that they have something planned for Mania. Um, What do you guys think can be planned out for Gronkowski. I know last night we got Mojo Raleigh. We all know the relationship between the two of them. Do you think that they're going to try to form like a tag team between these two? Do you think they're using Gronkowski as a money grab? I'm hearing reports of a Brock lesnar S contract as far as appearances go.
2: Every time I talk about anything Patriots related, everybody around me gets awfully quiet. So this feels like a trick.
1: (laughs) So being a huge football fan... I hate the Patriots. I have for a very long time. Although, I will say, and a lot of Ravens fans will tell you, that we have always felt that Gronkowski is pretty freaking hilarious off the field. Mm -hmm. And if there was a guy from the Patriots that I would take from them and bring to the Ravens, I always said it was probably Gronkowski. So, I'm excited to see another side of him. See that personality in WWE. And I don't want to see it combined with Mojo Rowley in a tag team. I hope there are bigger plans for him than that. And is his body
2: in good enough health that he could be like a Yeah, he
1: wrestler? he's lost a lot of weight. Um the only thing that I worry about is he's had a lot of back problems through his career and that could true. be an issue with wrestling clearly. But he looks like he's in really good shape and I mean he's had about a year and a half to 2 years off of football now, so by the time he gets started. So who knows? It'd be I'm curious to see how he does.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty interested in it.
0: I'm I'm also very interested in it like uh Blake said with the time off, it almost seems like for a while we've been hearing that he's coming. It's just a matter of time. And I almost wonder if that time wasn't taken, to train and everything. Um,
2: and so wait, does that mean he's off. definitely not doing football anymore?
0: Correct. Um,
2: Has he announced any kind of official retirement there?
0: Uh, he did it two years ago. Well, the the season before this past one, there was kind of a rumor swirling that he may have came back last year just because of the state of the Patriots' tight end core. Uh, but that, that never came to fruition. Um, but he's he's done done.
1: He, I don't want to say that. he's He retired, but he kind of left the door open to a return. I think if things go well here, I don't see him returning to football. But if it's something where he doesn't do a whole lot WWE, I could see him returning for a year in like a year or two from now if his body allows it. Because I think he still does have some love for the game. I think he was just wore down and needed some time. So I won't say never, but... WWE and how this goes that might that might have a lot to do with the future for him.
0: Alright. So let's talk about what everyone's talking about. I I hate that I have to talk about it uh, just because everybody is. But it's come to a point to where it's affected everything that we typically enjoy right now. Um, it's literally, I'm going to call it shutting down the world it feels like. We don't have NHL. We don't have uh, NBA. We don't have uh Golf, we don't have college, you know, sports, everything shut down uh, here locally. We've been told that events that hold more than 250 people are canceled or postponed. Schools are closed for the next two weeks. Uh, It's very easy in our day and age with social media to say something is being upplayed or downplayed. I don't necessarily know that I have a grasp on the severity of what is going on. I see so many conflicting reports, and that's not just on social media. That's the news too. It doesn't feel like anything is very well coordinated in getting the information out about this. Um, But the reason I bring it up is because ultimately it affects the three of us here currently and what we love as well with the wrestling industry. One thing I will say, given what is going on in the state of the people's minds right now with this coronavirus, I am sending out a huge thank you to the WWE, for still putting on a show this week, yes, it was very awkward because we're so used to crowds. But to be the I one I didn't think company, it was that
2: awkward, actually.
0: Well, I, I guess because I was I'm just so used to crowd participation, participation, everything. But a little bit of crowd participation they, over in the west. They thought outside the box. They have they have a place that they could go to that they could hold the show, and they decided to do that to still bring us that to kind of get us away from it. Triple H's speech in the beginning said everything. Um, I appreciate what they did, but for right now, the biggest thing is WrestleMania. So there are so many rumors going around about whether it's going to be canceled, postponed, what the case is. So I'm going to start off with, uh, how employees within WWE are feeling about this. So, uh, Brad Shepard reported that WWE's emplo- WWE employees are growing a bit impatient on Vince McMahon's decision. It seems like a waiting game at this point, And McMahon wants Tampa Bay to force his hand into canceling the event. He also quoted one employee saying, One main issue is the work leading up to WrestleMania. For example, the entrance set takes about 10 days to build. Are we really about to send a crew down there to start all of that? So, last night I sent you guys a, a message that was broke by ESPN. Um, the... Tampa Bay area has basically their their higher ups have decided that they're giving Vince McMahon till next week to to make his decision. They're giving him an opportunity to reschedule the event and postpone it. If they don't have word from him by next week, they're quoting forcing their hand and pulling the plug on the event. So it seems like the inevitable is April fifth. I is it April? Yeah, it's April fifth. We're not going to have a WrestleMania. Um, there's multiple reports that. Uh, June or July would be where we would have a Wrestlemania this year Um, it's sounding more and more like from what I'm reading that it could be an arena event I'm also hearing that Saudi Arabia has actually offered them pretty much what they would make out of this event in Tampa up front to hold the event there on April 5th WWE hasn't really commented on that one but given Their relationship lately and the amount of money that they have offered up to WWE in the past. I see this as a likely thing that has happened. Do I see them doing it? I don't necessarily know. I think they still want the fans to come and they want that money grab. I think if they do it there, they're limited to just that crowd. Not necessarily the money except for what the Prince is offering them to bring it there. Um, How do you guys feel about it? What, What do you think? Where do you think we're going with WrestleMania? How do you think that's going to affect storylines that are currently being built? Are they going to kind of just be nixed and restarted? Are we about to get a six-month program until we have a WrestleMania? How do you feel about that?
2: I have no idea what's going to end up happening here. I do think that the event is going to have to be canceled or postponed in some way. I don't know if Vince McMahon's going to be the one to make that call or not. I understand. I was thinking last night, I understand the wrestler's frustration and everybody's frustration of it wanting to know is this event on or not because there's a lot that goes into it if it gets postponed i don't know it's so hard to imagine them do i get another like six weeks of randy orton saying i'm sorry i mean goldberg does he have another six weeks left in him or mysterio's one on record as to say he only has days (laughs) left in his career so i don't know that some of these wrestlers can even make it to a postponed wrestlemania i don't know how you further these stories in a way that you're already starting to peak some of them. So how you continue to stretch that out for another couple of weeks? I don't think the Saudi Ar- going to Saudi Arabia is the right answer to it. And I think that WWE would probably catch a lot of flack for still doing that. I mean, there's still a lot of travel involved for that, for the wrestlers and everything. Um, I don't know. I really can't imagine a world where WrestleMania is postponed or canceled. But I do feel like that's the world we're headed towards.
1: I definitely think it's getting postponed. It's never going to get canceled. They're going to find a way to do it, but it's definitely getting postponed. There's just too many variables with WrestleMania itself with so many people from around the world coming to, to Mania every year. Now there's travel bans, so a lot of them can't even come to Mania. And on top of that, it's just everybody else is canceling. You know, they're the only ones really left. This is one of the biggest events. I mean, we've compared WrestleMania to the Super Bowl many times it's on that level and there's no way that regular games aren't happening in the NBA and NHL and they're gonna allow Wrestlemania to go forward I just I can't see it at this point I mean March Madness got cancelled that is one of the biggest money grabs you have to think like the effect on gambling Mm -hmm. um, on these fantasy sports like FanDuel and all them like Vegas this is actually this is huge.
0: Vegas actually has a line on whether WrestleMania gets postponed. I bet
1: they do because they don't have anything else for you to gamble right else.
0: now. So, uh, I it, it's inevitable. It's happening. It's happening. Um, like you said, when you when you're canceling events in most places that hold 250 or more, and you've got an event that holds tens of thousands, if not hundreds. 100 or more thousand, depending on
1: the stadium? Tampa would probably be around 75. Right, so when you've
0: got that many thousand people, there's no way you allow that to go on. The only way I can see that happening is if they go, okay, everyone was quarantined for two weeks, we're lifting the two-week ban, that falls outside of it. But from what I'm understanding, the governor in Florida wants a 30-day ban, and at this point, we're 23, 22 days away from mania. So obviously, that's past that, or you know, the thirty days is going to extend past when the date of WrestleMania is.
2: Here's what I want to see: I want to see WWE go ahead with WrestleMania in a empty stadium and still announce record attendance records.
0: <laughs> that would actually be awesome. It'd be a record attendance of zero. A zero. They've yeah. never had zero people at WrestleMania.
2: That's true. My that's biggest fear. Record.
1: My biggest fear is the storylines because. They've showed in the past they just have a tendency to not do a very good job. Yeah, man, I can't deal with, with several more weeks of some of this. And I'm hearing that it may be postponed until the summer, June or July. How are you going to promote a Roman Reigns and Goldberg promotion until the summer? How are you going to continue to do some of these feuds? Are they going to change? You've already announced these matches, so what would be the plan there? I'm really curious to see how that would go down. I don't think it would be a good thing at all. For well, WWE. A lot of the
2: matches will suffer for it, I think.
1: Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I agree. Because because a lot of them are built for... not built for long term. They're built basically to happen in three weeks. I mean, namely Goldberg and Roman Reigns. And I think it'll have... no matter what at this point, it's going to have a negative effect on WWE. There's no way around it. They're either going to get horrible press for doing Mania, especially if it if it turns out that it almost like... I don't want to say makes it worse, but probably would, right? That would be the assumption. And they'll start to catch the blame on that. But then if they don't do it, they're screwed too because there's a lot of people who already got booked tickets, booked flights, and they got to get all these things taken care of. And then how do they find a way back? Where do they do the event? There are so many questions here.
0: Which, I'm glad you said that. So my last question on this for you guys, and we kind of touched on it last night, Blake. Uh, if if it gets rescheduled, there is rumors that a lot of internal people and a lot of like reporters for WWE believe that it would be moved to an arena. What where do you expect them to hold this if it's an arena? My personal thoughts is it's something like Barclays or the Staples Center. Something that holds a lot of fans and actually has a name to it that they're gonna I mean it's mania in a stadium, it's gonna sell or in an arena, it's gonna sell out instantly. But and and, and how do they how do they go about tickets for that like the people that have already purchased their packages and stuff do you allow them first dibs on the tickets to wherever you're holding the event or I mean and still there's going to be people that miss out on it so how how do you think WWE handles this and where would you think that they take it
1: so my opinion if they were going to hold an arena the only place that stands out for me that makes a ton of sense is Madison Square Garden I think that's a place where historically WWE has made a big thing for them, a big place, a big event. And it has a ton of history. As far as the people with tickets, I have no idea how that works, how they will do that. It's going to be a mess no matter what, no matter where they hold it. But if I had my choice, if it has to be in an arena, I would say it would be Madison Square Garden.
0: I, so I understand the Madison Square Garden thing, but I'm also thinking Vince McMahon's mind, and he's going to want more seats than anything. Yeah. And Madison Square Garden's just too small now. I mean, how the do, brand.
2: I don't know... To cancel WrestleMania uh, where it's supposed to be and then still just do it, even just doing it in an arena, still doesn't feel like the right answer to me. Right, I, I agree feel with like that. There's still That's some backlash to that. that. Like you, you don't, you won't do a SmackDown, but you'll do a WrestleMania. You're still gonna have people from all over the world.
0: Oh, as, I'm talking about in the in the June or July. They're saying they're saying that they may move it out of a. Oh yeah, I don't and understand I why they, they
1: can't do a stadium then. Though. I'm wondering that, if they're worried about yeah, like
0: the heat in florida and rescheduling it down there for that time just the health of the wrestlers but in, even in that case you could move it into a domed stadium
1: well that's kind of true but at the same time i mean we were in orlando and it was 95 degrees right that day so how much hotter will it really be i don't know i don't think there's
2: any good answer for them here no matter what you do something is screwed so there's no easy fix there's no conversation we're going to have where we're going to come to a conclusion of this is what they should do right. no matter what something's going to hell
0: i agree yeah well fellas i'm gonna be honest with you i'm sick and tired of hearing about the coronavirus uh i i personally need a respite from it so uh, let's get down to it and let's get into rant and rave right. uh this week our rotation is going to be gerb gerb <laughs> all right so my first rant of the week um and and it's unfortunate because i know that they were put in a rock and a hard place but it's going to be re- showing the tag team elimination chamber on smackdown the reason behind this is is okay i get that you're forced into not having the show where you had wanted it but are you telling me that you didn't have enough planned for where you were going to have that show that this was going to be shown anyway something was in that time slot what happened that you couldn't use it i know that there's a lot of travel issues and i'm sure eventually it's going to come out as to why But why did I have to watch 45 minutes of a match that I saw last Sunday on SmackDown? And I get it. They don't ever reshow matches like that. Well, unless it's Crown Jewel and Undertaker and Goldberg or whatever the heck it was. But why? what what happened there that you you had to show that instead of going on with your storylines? We got like... Well, I'm not going to get into anything further. But I just don't understand that time slotted of the event. Like, I don't understand what happened there. And it kind of... It brought me down because i was excited to watch smackdown and see how they were going to do it and i almost feel like in a way they kind of took a little bit of an easy way out but i also don't know the underlying issues
2: this was the only thing on smackdown that i could consider even close to being a rant and even that i give them a pass on because of the circumstances uh i'm sure there's a million reasons that it could have been easily um, it could be as simple as it's really weird to go out there and wrestle in front of nobody. Can we please do something else? And so they showed that. Um, I, it definitely was. It clearly was there to kill time. So I don't know what happened backstage, um, and I don't. I don't really even think it was that bad of a call. I mean, there's not a ton that they could really. They probably don't want to shoot their best shots on an empty arena. Right. Um, I loved. SmackDown, I really did. And it's upsetting that it's even getting any rants at all. But I do agree that if there was anything on SmackDown that it was going to be, it would be that. But I really had no issue with it whatsoever.
1: So my only rant for this week on SmackDown was that. And I kind of did the same thing as you. I almost didn't write it down because of the circumstances. But at the end of the day, I put I understand the circumstances. But I do think they could have done some better things with that that much of a time frame. Because that was a long time. And took out about uh, what half the show almost
0: uh, yeah a good portion all right Rob what do you got
2: my number one rant for the week is going to be Bobby Lashley versus Zack Ryder Zack Ryder with his WrestleMania moment winning the tag team championships and Bobby Lashley spending weeks main eventing Raw and it got us absolutely nowhere all of that all of that with Liv Morgan Bruce Lana bobby lashley and none of them have come out of it with anything and bobby versus zach it was so boring i don't understand i don't know what the point of that match was i don't understand when somebody goes from a main storyline like bobby lashley and then just one night is just back to squash matches that's not somebody that needs that keep building on that person Uh, they did it they do it with wrestlers all the time where as soon as like maybe a story completes, they'll go back to the squash matches. And that's just kind of like hitting a reset on that person for me. It takes away anything for better or for worse, whatever you want to say about the storyline. It takes any of that momentum away from me.
1: I'll take your Bobby Lashley and Zack Ryder, and I'll raise you one better because I had them connected as my rant. I'll give you Riddick Moss and Cedric Alexander. That was another match I didn't need to see live at Raw. I don't understand this push for Riddick Moss. I don't know why the 24-7 title is now just defended in regular matches and nobody shows up after or during or before the match anymore. And I, I wasn't interested. That's
2: okay. That's, okay. On my, that's on my rent list also. And in some ways I feel bad for Riddick Moss because I think he's getting a lot of hate. And he tweeted something out, and I am going to paraphrase big time because I don't remember exactly what he said. But his main point was, Everybody's wondering why I'm winning matches. Yeah, it's such a wonder why such a fit in shape uh, guy could be able to win matches. And I thought, fair enough. It is interesting that we look at it and we think that's ridiculous that he should be able to win. But in any other sport, when a good rookie comes along, you usually you uh, usually enjoy that. But in this context, in wrestling, that's not what's happening. Nobody is going like, man, this guy has promise. I think it's because so often we see somebody come in who will get a few wins here there and we we are conditioned to already know that this isn't going to go anywhere and do you want the proof of that the proof is in his opponents because they've already been there and done that
1: my issue is is not necessarily just riddick Moss himself and i'm not saying he's not talented but i think he's beating people that are more talented than he is the fact that he beat Ricochet and Cedric Alexander, those are two guys that I think are better wrestlers. Well, that's than what Riddick I'm saying. Was. Those
2: are two wrestlers that are talented in the same way that we could say perhaps Riddick is and that the fans got behind only for it to go nowhere. Yeah, we see your just future. losing to him. Your and future. so that's exactly what he, we have to assume he's probably going to be one day because that's what happens more often than not.
1: And I know that's not fair. It's not but fair. It's hard to ignore when you see it so many times.
0: Alright, uh, so go over to the rave side. and my first rave for the week, I had a lot of fun with this segment. I did not expect it to go as far as it did on NXT, and that's Ciampa Ch- and Gargana. And what is your problem with it, Blake?
1: None. I, that was my number one that of the week. I one? wanted to talk okay. about it. You had that face like I was doing something I wrong loved, here, okay? I loved it. Dude, the
0: fact that this was at the Performance Center and they were able to just do whatever the hell they wanted because it's their building. They didn't have to worry about anything. I mean, Champa goes through a damn... Uh, pane of glass. They, they, at one point, he throws a weight at freaking Gargano's head and just shatters a mirror. I, I, I like to think this whole time, is like, okay, it, it's going to end in a minute. It's going to end in a minute. And I'm like, 10 minutes later, I'm like, they're still beating the living hell out of each other. And then I, dude, I love when he just does his, his finisher off of something high. For whatever reason, it's been amazing.
1: I don't... And he needs to stop. He's going to get well, hurt again. Okay, I'll,
0: I'll be honest with you. Dark looked like his head did not feel good after yeah. that. But there's something about that move off of something. I'm like, ooh. I, I, I loved it, man. I loved it.
1: I did too. That's why I was disappointed. I, I had a feeling me being last, I would not be able to get to this. I loved this so much. And this rivalry as much as I've seen these two fight I am ready to see it again I love it I don't and I and I love what gargano how gargano twisted because he's right every nobody got any explanation from Champa he just comes back all of a sudden he's the good guy he is the one who started this mm-hmm. he screwed gargano over and everything makes sense it comes together so well and gargano I think needed this I like gargano as a heel and I think it's fresh for him
0: so I know I said last week that i uh Oh, I don't know how I felt about them doing this feud again, but at, after NXT this week, I'm, I'm behind it again. Again.
2: I enjoyed the segment. It doesn't excite me for the feud again, but I did enjoy the segment, at least.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, my number one rave it was very difficult to choose this week, and I'm going to go with John Cena addressing The Fiend. And I think so I guess my so number just, two just took it out <laughs> and of I love flakes. that as well go ahead <laughs> so John Cena brought up a very good point and he talked about all the times that things didn't go his way and he said nobody ever says John Cena was buried and I was like you know what you're right nobody says that and he talked about it's because they know what kind of person I am I'm gonna I'm gonna get up I'm gonna pick myself up I'm gonna dust off and I'm gonna keep moving forward and one of my issues with even though Fiend and Cena was great, and I didn't, the setup was to it was pretty cool. One of the things I didn't understand was John Cena being in the ring and saying, "I'm doing this for the future," and then as soon as somebody comes out and points the sign, he says, "Fuck it, I'm in." Now he explained himself, and he he explained he is doing this for the future because Bray Wyatt is not that future. He said he's one of the most overhyped, overrated wrestlers. Said that all he does is whine, and he said, do not invest in people like Bray Wyatt. Invest in the Tommaso Champas and the Matt Riddles. And by the end of this, I was almost on John Cena's side. Now I really feel like I might be okay with either person winning. John he came in and he put Bray Wyatt on blast in a way that I never would have expected. He made some very valid points. And Bray came in at the end. And I love the line of, he says, it's going to be a slaughter, and you just don't know it yet. I'm very intrigued to see what happens when John Cena faces The Fiend.
1: Yeah, they did a great job of realness back in, I think. These two, I just want to address the fact that these two, they've always been fantastic with their promos. Two of the best to ever do, in my opinion. They came into an empty arena, and they didn't didn't miss a beat. They were on point, they were perfect. It was like everything was natural. And I think that was pretty impressive to me because I could understand like that being awkward a little bit. I know like even when Bailey and Sasha kind of cut their promos, they felt a little awkward in the beginning and they had to really get 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 it going. These two, I mean, it was like everything was normal again. Cena, oh my god, man, when when he said that about the future, that blew my mind. I, and and he started name dropping <laughs> Velveteen Dream and some and I said, Wow, you know what? Okay. Then he said, "Don't invest in Bray Wyatt." I said, "You son of a bitch! He's, I'm not going to do this that." very personally. <laughs> but I love that Bray Wyatt's just front row. He comes on in, and oh, Bray Wyatt's just amazing, right? I love what he said. Everything works, and we knew that, right? We've been saying this is what we wanted. It's unfortunate that this he doesn't have, have the been title the championship program, but I will not let that take away from this match because I'm I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm excited.
0: I, I love the fact that he was in the crowd, like. I knew that there's no crowd, but like he was sitting front row and used that as an opportunity as if he was like, all right, I'm going to sit here and listen to what Cena has to say. Like You don't get him on a board or anything. He actually is there. He's like, whatever, I'm going to do what i got to do and get in the ring with him and talk to him one-on-one. I, th- I thought that was pretty cool the way they did that.
1: All right, so since you guys took my favorite, <laughs> by far my favorite raves of the week, which I was afraid of, it's okay. I'll say my number one is going to go to AEW because... I really laughed at this and I had a good time. Christopher Daniels mocking the Dark Order with Thank his own you. That was my video. next
0: one. The screw the Dark Order.
1: I thought that was hilarious. I've said that I don't really like the guy, but this kind of helped for me. I, I was laughing. I thought this was great. Very well done, and I enjoyed it.
0: I loved like the little how like Dark Order has the thing like cut in and out with like the mask. A little glitch. It would glitch <laughs> to him and he goes, "They suck." Yeah. <laughs> like, I thought that was. <laughs> it really ends
1: the Dark Order <laughs> sucks. <laughs> I thought
0: that was cool. Um, all right, so my next rant of the week is going, is unfortunately going to AEW for this. Um, and it's going to be the fact that there's always a save in their matches. I would like a match to end if they're going to be a heel team attacking. Someone doesn't have to always come out and make a save. I thought, okay, we're ending the night after there's already been two of these. I had wrote it down already. I thought I was going to take it off my list because uh, the uh, inner circle was attacking. And I'm like, okay there's not going to be a save. Like, they're fine, they're moving up, it doesn't look, and then Matt Jackson comes out. And it's like, okay, why? Why does every single attack, why does there always have to be a save? Why can't someone just get attacked and then that leaves it open? You get you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know why we need a save every single time.
2: I'm having a hard time because I do, I understand what you're saying, but I also have Matt save written on the rave side. So I don't know if I'm supposed to challenge you here or not.
0: Well, I'm going the whole night. There was three saves the whole night. All right, then I'll now, The reason it I brought that up is because I was like, oh, shit, we're actually not getting one here. I might take this off my list. And then there was another one. I'm going saves in general and AEW.
2: Fair speak. enough. Okay. This is it my turn? Yes, sir. And I'm ranting? Yes, sir. Hangman has horrible taste in tag team partners. <laughs> he told me all night that it was going to be a mystery partner, and it was fucking Dustin.
1: He didn't have a choice. Dustin is just like, I'm his partner. Hey, we're gonna do some cowboy shit. Yeah, we're gonna a, do some cowboy this was shit. A
2: horrible payoff.
1: Rant. <laughs> okay, done. I don't I don't think I'm gonna fight it, but I don't know how much of this was his choice either. But yeah. Okay. That's an odd one. Uh I'm gonna give one to NXT. And I don't know what they see in Mia Yim. I said in the past I do not like Mia Yim. I don't understand. I don't think she's that good in the ring. I don't think she has a good character. She's the hood rat from wherever she's from. I don't, I don't know what she's supposed to be. I don't get it. And she beats Dakota Kai for a very big match to get into Takeover to be a number one contender. Now I'm confused because Dakota Kai just beat Tegan, Nox so Tegan main, Knox. So your main is in it. So Tegan your Knox main is rant it. is, uh, is what again? Is that Mia Yim defeated Dakota Kai? Okay, thank you. It's just, it just doesn't make sense, and it goes. It goes to Roy last week where he talked about how the NXT women just, nobody is really stepping up, nobody feels important. I feel like they did the same thing that they did with Shotzi and Chelsea Green here because Dakota Kai is starting to get a little bit momentum. It makes so much sense for her to be in the match, and then you had Mia beater, and I'm like, I am I just don't really understand the move.
0: Okay. Um, I really don't have much to touch on that one, and I agree with you. Uh, so I'll go back over to the raves. And my second rave of the week is going to be one of my favorite matches of the week, and that was Ortiz versus Cody Rhodes. Um, Wow! I enjoyed this match a lot. Uh, The fact that we got to find out who uh, Jake the Snake was bringing in um, with Lance Archer. So you had him sitting ringside, so you had Cody worrying about that. Then you had the inner circle sitting around the ring and everything. And then you have uh, the Nightmare Family. That like the whole back and forth between all that. Um, I it's getting a little old because uh, it seems to be the same thing every week with with them going back and forth. Brandy's always doing something, whether it's Wardlow or whatever. Uh, Arn's always doing something that, to protect Cody. I would like to see just a match where Cody and whoever he's fighting just goes off, but. I did enjoy the fact that Cody got the win over him with everything he did have going against him, basically.
1: I like the match. I'm getting a little tired of Inner Circle taking a lot of losses here, though. <laughs> I feel like every week Guevara's getting pinned, Santana Ortiz are losing, and it's starting to hurt them a little bit. I was able to ignore it for a while, but I'm getting a little tired of seeing them lose every week. I'd like to see them pick hey, up some wins. They're just
0: picking to their word, man.
1: It's it's just like, it's like, we'll lose the match, but then we're going to beat somebody up, and I'm enjoying the beatdowns, but then I'm looking at it and I'm like, well, they're not very successful still. They're just beating people up and jumping them. They're not winning matches. I think,
0: I think Inner Circle wins Blood and Guts. They need to. I think they boy. do. I think they win Blood and Guts. Roy?
2: Are we raving now? Yes. <laughs> Roy
0: is okay. really thrown off by this <laughs> yeah. rotation.
2: Okay. Uh, my next rave yeah. is going to be Triple H on commentary. Yeah, Blake, you, I'm sorry. You knew that one wasn't getting back to you. <sighs> I should have just used that on
1: the first round.
2: I appreciate that when Bailey and Sasha are yelling at Michael Cole, Triple H says, I don't know about you, but I'm tired of his excuses. Because we are. We are all tired of his excuses. Uh, Let me see what else I've written. Oh, he comes back by popular demand. I really believe that there was such positive reaction both, you know, whatever they have their, their finger on social media and backstage that they were like, you should go back out there again because that was great. Um, I love that he said, I'm the only person who gets demoted and gets busier. Addressing those rumors, not really addressing them, but making fun of them. And him and Michael Cole did that all night long. There was a lot of fourth wall breaking mm-hmm. that make it, it makes me see them more as people than just idiots. Because it's very easy to watch some WWE program and think idiots. But then when you, you see a little bit of inside baseball and you see, I saw Triple H and Michael Cole interacting and kind of making fun of some of that stuff being self-aware like triple h what a maneuver that's like that's hilarious it makes me wonder why you won't stop saying it on your real commentary if you know that it's it's a joke (laughs) but it was still it was still awesome and i love that michael cole seems so comfortable like he had no problem giving triple h shit too so i love that they have that kind of relationship um did you want to say anything about it Blake? i know i took it
1: so, before you can get the first to thing it. I want to say is like this week I really wanted to make an effort to not comment on a lot of the things you guys said and I feel like it's been very hard because the three things I oh, really want to stuff. talk about have been off the table you picked on a lot of things I wanted to say one thing I think you missed that I enjoyed two things actually was when he was leaving originally he said that I'm not really good at this and he's like well some would say the same about you Cole that's right yeah I, I enjoyed that, that and then I really laughed when they had the backstage segment with Sammy and Cesaro and Shinsuke, and they're talking about the match, it's like you want to see this match, Cole had said something like that to Triple H, and he says after that promo from Shinsuke, absolutely, <laughs> Shinsuke did not even talk. I was I was loving it. I would love to see more Triple H, I think H commentary. He had said
2: something in his own language, like in the background, yeah. not even being focused <laughs> yeah. on. And Triple H said after that promo,
0: well, uh, my favorite part of this whole thing was uh, the camera. That was show, great. He was like, "This is a good shot of you," but. Michael Cole's like, "Why are you on the camera now?" He's like, "Man, we're short-staffed at the moment." <laughs> like, I thought that was a pretty good, cool call-out too. And then he like zooms all the way in and it's blurry. And he's like, "It's a great shot."
2: He draws on Michael Cole's facial hair for some reason. Oh God,
0: he said you're getting a little gray. Uh, I also like the uh, uh, when he was talking about how they picked on him uh, in the NXT era, uh, NXT, Dx. Well, Dx, and then him and uh, Elias kind of like pick on him again or whatever it was. I, I thought that was pretty fun. Yeah.
2: So and the 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 hype moment with Mojo where Mojo's oh, like get hype and whatever the hell Triple H was doing he's like he's just leaning on him and flailing for <laughs> oh, Michael oh, Cole like, just, just
0: speaking into the mic man oh <laughs> All right, Blake. Yeah, Blake. Oh, oh
2: and then oh. Triple H was making fun of Elias because Elias they were talking oh, about the idea. bell ringing and Elias was saying like that it rang and Triple H was saying like no the bell to start the match never rang either Michael Cole or Triple H corrected him and then they kind of made fun of him. it was like how long have you been doing this And it's great because we do see all the time wrestlers, like maybe it'll be a false count anywhere and they'll try and roll in the ring to break a count or something. You'll see something that they do that's kind of just reflexes and we always think like, oh, you're so stupid. But we see how easy it is to just make a mistake because Elias just
1: did it. I like also that you said I've never seen a man knock somebody out with their music. He hey, so said, fun. "I
0: never heard a cord so bad it knocked a man out." <laughs> <laughs>
2: we definitely need more Triple H old commentary. Oh, on without this. a doubt,
1: and and this was the perfect show for it because it's we come into a small sort of like no crowd. We're like, "What's going on here?" And they took something that was was like we weren't sure if it was going to be entertaining, and I think they made it entertaining by doing things different like that. Um, moving on for Triple H because my God, that was great, and there's so many things that to talk about there. I will say I'm going to give a rave to Raw. And it's to Edge murdering poor MVP in retaliation to Randy Orton's attempted murder of Edge. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was great. I enjoyed it. Not too much to say. It was fun. Oh, and man, seeing Edge and hearing that music in person—I never thought I would get to experience that. Why wow,
2: are you rubbing that into Greg? No,
1: he'll he'll get to see it. I, dude, like it's such a surreal moment. Like being there in person, hearing the music. I'm like, holy shit, Edge is back and getting to see it was cool.
0: All right, fellas, it's the last round. My last rave of the week is going to Raw and it's going to be how Aleister Black is being used lately. Last rant?
1: Yeah. Okay. I think you said rave but maybe it's... I misheard you. Whatever. It's I boring. said last round. Oh. Leave him that round. alone, Blake. i, but anyway, I, I'm sorry.
0: I It's sorry. It's going to the way Aleister Black's being used. I don't understand what's going on. Greg, he don't apologize to
2: him. You are the fucking I'm ghost. The fuck he
0: apologizes. I'm apologized. sorry. I'm sorry, host. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> you got, I'm sorry. <laughs> you got what happened at... Uh, at elimination chamber where the OC got in and st- and stopped the match. Like I get it. There, it, it kind of makes Alistair look good because they have to interfere to prevent whoever he's against from losing. But I don't really understand it. Like why why is that how he's being booked at the moment? Um, and, and Alistair, you're stupid for not joining Seth Rollins. I'm yeah, that was so. a That's mistake, that Alistair. Was, that was a mistake.
2: Go ahead. <laughs> uh, Rants. So, Blake, you had Mia Yim win. I have Dakota Kai loss. And you said everything that needed to be said. That's why I wanted to know exactly what yours was, because I said, you know what? I'll give it to him twice. Because what I have written down is Dakota Kai's loss.
1: It's for fair. the same reason. I think it's ridiculous. So, I don't really have another one, guys. Uh, I, the only thing I had written down was I'm getting tired of Gavar losing all the time. And I think I already addressed that part of yours. So I'll leave that up to you guys, whether you want to or, or to our hosts, whether you want to put that as a rant to AEW. Um, I was a little neutral how, about it. How okay,
0: it. I was going to say, how do you actually feel about yeah, it? Yeah, I was a little
1: Sorry. neutral about it. I am, especially Guevara. This is about the third or fourth time I've seen him get pinned in the last six weeks. So yeah, you know what? Give them to him because I am upset about that because yeah. they clearly can can tell that he has the town. He's in an inner circle and. He's used most weeks in a wrestling match. However, he's always losing, and I don't really get it. I I understood, you know, the first week or two, but now it's getting it's getting very consistent, and it's it's starting to bug me a little bit.
2: All right, Dakota Kai's loss was the last rant that I had too. I had a lot of fun with wrestling this week across all the shows.
0: I had a pretty decent amount of fun with it. Uh, my last one is going to go to, or my last rave of the week is going to go to. Uh, I'm between 2 F sure they're both on the same show. Uh, it's going to go to NXT and it's going to be the tag team title match. Um, I really enjoy the way these two teams work with each other. The first match was really good. Uh, the second match may have even been better. Um, I, I, again, I say it all the time with NXT that they find the people that work really well together and they put on really good matches. They don't just... Some, yeah, don't get me wrong. Yeah, some matches are just thrown together and it can be crap. But I feel like they hit it more than they don't. And this was one of those matches this week where they just, they nailed it. The chemistry between these two teams is awesome.
2: And I'm really digging the whole Broser weights. I'm really behind them. All right. My next rave goes to Miz and Morrison and the way that they work a crowd like no other. They went out there and so I'll, I'll cut right to the point. I laughed my ass off when Morrison said what he said about the movie. Because as soon as he talked about his movie being the best, instantly I was like, oh, Miz is going to have an issue with that one. And I look, I instantly look over to Miz in the background. I see him kind of gritting his teeth a little bit. And he's like, well, that was, that was such great writing. That was hilarious.
1: I, I almost want to give a rave to the SmackDown crowd for nobody objecting to them. That's true. You know, I was very impressive that nobody... Did you give SmackDown their fucking point? Are
0: you giving this to SmackDown?
1: No, this I'm not. Right? I'm joking. This
2: is me. I'm, I am rave. You, you gave it. them their point? Yeah. Okay. My
1: rave... Man, this is tough. Uh, so There's two things I really enjoyed that I'd like to talk about. But you know what? I'm going to go to SmackDown. And I enjoyed Baron Corbin ribbing Jeff Hardy about his TV Yes, that's all mine too! And being frustrated over Elias. Thank you, Blake. I love... I, I just love this. It's when they take something like a serious situation and they actually... I guess, make light of it, which they shouldn't really. But with a guy like Baron Corbin, it does make total sense because he's a dick, right? That is his purpose. And for them to actually say this, I was kind of surprised. Me too. And I laughed. I thought it was hilarious. He said,
2: maybe you'll walk in a straight line. Straight line. line.
1: You'll, you'll close your eyes and touch and your nose. And kudos
2: notice. on Jeff for being cool with that.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think that's pretty cool that Jeff kind of acknowledging like, hey, you know what? I did screw up. If we're going to use it, we're going to use it. Whatever. And then Elias, like, I felt that when he was annoyed with Elias.
2: Yes, he didn't want to deal with he's it, like, I felt
1: it too. Oh my God, guy, like, get and out of here. Alone. Like, leave me alone. I really felt that, and I like Barrett Corbin, so I, I enjoyed all of this.
2: I love the end of it when after he gets done running down Jeff Hardy and just like, guess what? You got a match. And parents like, against yeah, who? And he's like, me. And parents like, man, he looks really upset about it. He's like, oh, shucks. He's kind of like kicking rocks.
0: Alright guys, uh, so some honorable mentions. Uh, who would like to go first?
1: I don't have any rants, so it's going to be on you guys. Nope. I,
0: I do. I have one rant, and it's not necessarily something terrible. It's just, it, it feels weird at the moment. That's the twist of fury.
1: Oh, you know, that's a good point. That, I it call that. It just
0: feels weird. Um, apparently it was Jeff's call. I don't know if he's trying to pull away from WWE and whatever's going on with Matt Hardy and or how he left.
2: Twist of Fury is just the name for when there's a full rotation. It's not the same as a Twist of Fate.
0: It is. He, he commented that he changed the name from Twist of Fate to Twist of Fury. And that's why they called it that.
2: And did he say why?
0: No. He just said that... They just said that it was his call.
1: It's weird.
0: Yeah. And I, I don't know how I feel about it. Okay. But that's really like... Other than that, the other ones were kind of just put down in a way that just...
1: I'm glad SmackDown didn't get an official rant for that. That would have been... Kind of sucked for nah, them. But... Not that much of an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> but... Yeah, I, I, I caught that as well. I thought it was a little weird. Mm-hmm. You got any
0: other uh, honorable rants there, buddy?
2: Honorable rants? No, I have Honorable no rants. One.
1: All
0: right, so some raves. I'm going to go with... I, I enjoyed Elias, at the, like, the commentary and then getting up and playing. And then I also enjoyed Drew destroying that fucking spider.
2: <laughs> okay. I did not enjoy Drew destroying the spider.
1: He he killed somebody's never, pet. It never doesn't make next, any sense. He next. killed somebody he loves. Is it he murdered a pet. He did murder a pet, and that should not be on television, Greg. What if a young child does that to a spider now?
0: Okay. It's a fucking spider. I
1: find it weird that they would have just big steel steps in their home, but... True. Yeah, you never know. I
0: don't think they're going to have a spider that damn big either.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. for me, AJ Styles' promo was the one that I... Was battling with Baron Corbin. I love this promo. I love that. Again, they broke the fourth wall. He dug into Michelle McCool. Called uh, him Mark. A. I,
0: I don't. It was very cringy when he said, "I'm going to kill you," or whatever it was like. And then he like went back. and He was like, "Let me rephrase that. I'm going to take your soul." Like he, it almost felt like even he was like, "Oh shit, should I shouldn't was going and yeah. kill a guy in the ring." That was a bit cringy.
1: Um, everything he said was true though I yeah. mean he, he oh, commented yeah, on it should have been done yep. with Brock Lesnar which we all pretty much agree and, and he basically
0: and, touched on what we talked about before where Undertaker keeps doing it because it doesn't feel like he's gotten yep. that match yet
1: and, and the biggest thing he said that, that I enjoyed was when he talked about how in Orlando the mania that we were at mm-hmm. where it was the end it was supposed to be the end I
0: freaking I had tears I know
1: and like, it wasn't and now here we are
0: yeah and I, that almost that, that takes that moment away from me like it, it does. I remember back to how exactly I felt in that moment. And I, I think about it now, and I don't even get goosebumps or anything from it. I just go, wow, I was, I was a moron. I really thought that was it. Um, what a
1: moron. Right? The inner circle, there was a lot of murder this week. Uh, inner circle murdering Nick Jackson. Oh, my God. That was different. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was a cool spot. And the Roman Reigns interview about Goldberg. He said some things that I was like, you know what, I can kind of appreciate that. Where I've said that he didn't earn his WrestleMania match, but then he's like, you know what, I've been main eventing all year on these shows. Why can't I main event WrestleMania? And he talked about how hard he works. I truly believe that. Talked about how quickly he came back from cancer, which is very true. And I like that he touched on Goldberg being a part-time. He said, we're not doing that. You're not going to be a part-time champion. I work full-time here, and I'm taking that belt away. I kind of enjoyed it. Uh, What
2: I have for honorable mentions on Rave is Matt Jackson saving Hangman Page and then giving him the middle finger. And I really appreciate NXT chaining Go Back to Raw to Charlotte. I like that too. Yeah, that was good. That was all I had.
0: All right, guys. Uh, So this isn't because there's a tiebreaker or anything. I'm just curious. Uh, Who do you think won this week?
1: I think SmackDown won. SmackDown. All right.
0: So with negative two in last place, we have Monday Night Raw. With negative one for, I think, probably the first time, AEW in third. NXT broke even. They got zero points this week. And then with three, your new capital R champion, Friday Night SmackDown.